Welcome, friends, to Tank Tank, the podcast about video games and beer. I'm one of your hosts, Ben. It's episode 308, and I'm here with Adol. I'm still here. Hey, perfect. Uh, thank you for those in the stream sticking around with us for our two hours of recording. And thank you, friends, who'd listened to the previous episode. Thanks for coming back to us. Uh, let's open some beers and get on with discussions, our topic for the week. Um, I am going to open a beer and before we'd started, um, an hour or so ago, I said I was going to Google the name, the pronunciation of this brewery, because oh. I can never remember how to say it. But it's a left-handed giant beer. But it's a collaboration with Uji. Uji. I think it'd be Uji, probably. Yeah. J-E, right? Yes. U-I-L-T-J-E. Uji. Uji. Um, this is not King of the Woodland, which is the big beer that they have, you know, the big 115 or 12% stout I was say. that they push out. This is Woodland Creatures, um, a smaller oh. version of the beer that they produce. Sorry, you cut out, so I didn't actually hear what you said. Oh, it's a Woodland Creatures. Mm. Um, it's oh, with the anime Okay. Yeah, almost like a Pokemon-style owl. Um, it's only 6.9%. But it is a pistachio and honeycomb stout with lactose, pistachio and honeycomb in it. Um, that's it for um, ingredients. Barley and lactose are the allergens. Uh, that's everything that they give me. But yeah, I thought I'd go for the uh, smaller version. I know um, we both drank um, King of the Woodland last year when they released it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know whether they've done a lighter version before. They, they may have, but I've never picked up on that. So I thought I'd try that instead. Uh, what are you opening now? Uh, I am opening a beer from Scotland called the Profanity Stout. Ooh. Uh, it's deeply irreverent. It's from William Brothers Brewing. Okay. Uh, it is 7%. Uh, 330 mil can um, black in color with full floral fruity aromas and a huge roasted malt character that gives way to a profanely dry hopped finish oh uh, nice and, and has, succinct it has ingredients <laughs> um yeah Perfect. Let's get these poured um, as I furiously write away the beers. Oh no! Oh, this one's a lovely, big, frothy, carbonated oh, wow. beer. I did chuck it into the glass, so we'll see how uh, how quickly this dissipates. Oh, that nose is nice though. What's uh? We're getting like roasted coffee. coffee. Very, very light coffee. Very, very light mm. sort of roasted coffee. I absolutely hit with um, that kind of more nutty pistachio note and the and a, and a sweetness, which I would assume is the the honeycomb coming through as well, but mm. a, a little bit of a 
a burnt sort of sweetness again as you would kind of expect from that but it's lovely that's a lovely nose it has dissipated enough uh, for me to take a swig but it's you know nice and nice and black again as expected nice brown head which as everybody could see was massive when I poured it hmm Mm. Again, another like big carbonated beer when you pour, but it's really smooth to drink. Like there's barely any carbonation in that. So not even like a little fizz at the start when you take mm. it in. It is it is almost just flat and smooth straight away. And the flavour is like the nose but it isn't anywhere near as big as the nose this is a very light flavor um very very uh, i was gonna say sort of very flat in the flavor as well you know you're kind of hit with what it's doing and that's it there's no kind of Mm. curve to this beer but as I was about to say it stuff kind of started to open up a little bit more so you kind of hit with that little bit of sweetness little burnt sweetness so the honeycomb which interestingly was kind of one of the last flavours I got on the nose comes through sort of first but accompanied by a little bit of the pistachio but the pistachio's much more reserved on the flavour than it is in the nose. And I suppose kind of expected for something like a pistachio sort of flavour. Um, mm. <laughs> and again, not kind of like salted pistachio. is isn't as strong as, as that. It's really light and maybe overtaken a little bit by this slight burnt sweetness that, that starts everything kind of off. But everything almost disappears into this kind of slightly more sweet milk stout almost um you know it's it's a stout it's got a little light burnt coffee um in there but it's got this sweetness in the background to it that isn't the honeycomb that doesn't have that sort of more burnt flavor to it or, or, or or harder kind of sweetness to it it's very very creamy and light um sort of in the background And, and, and kind of you're almost searching for some of these things. Um, it, it, it feels like a milk stout. And they've got, oh, we'll, cut, we'll chuck a couple of bits into it. But it is unfolding more and more that I drink it. So it might be wise for me to return to this a little bit later as kind of my palate gets rid of um, episode 307's beer. Uh, and... Um, kind of acclimatizes a little bit more to this. So I'll return to it towards the end of the of the episode. But that's my that's my initial sort of uh take on it. Fair enough. I'll try Sounds quite good. Pour the rest of this in without it you know being absolutely carbonated and massively heady. Uh how's the was it profanity? Profanity stout, yeah. Uh sorry, yeah, yeah. Had freshly washed my glass and it's my uh, coaster. Um, so it was quite dark. Didn't pour nearly as frothy, but immediately got lovely 
um, roasted uh, nose with, I'm going to say, like a rounded, sweet, fruity character to it. Mm-hmm. Got like a nice, nice, like, so it's both sweet and roasted. Um, on the pour, I was just getting the roasted um, notes, but now I'm smelling it. It's a, it's a, it is, like I said, just a nice little sweet, light, fruity, fruitiness, which makes it quite a, a alluring smell because it does have both that sweet and that roasted. Yeah. Hmm. First sip, very good. I want to now that my mouth is coated. Expected it's kind of like have the sip, make the noise, go back for more. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yes, it's definitely got that roasted character. It's not too burnt. It's like not acrid burnt. It's mm-hmm. just a roasted malts. Um, not a lot of just a touch of chocolate, but but really just roasted malts. And not that sweet to begin with, so you're not getting toffee. You're, again, it's a, it. I think it said somewhere in this irreverent thing. Yeah, huge roasted malt character, and I think that's the key. Is usually you get this roasted character with other things, but I'm not really missing other things because it does have that that um, light fruitiness, that light perfuminess. Hmm. Uh, that's on the nose is sort of on the finish. Um, it's sort of subtly there, but as the ro- as like the big like the roasted character starts to fade, you get that a more flushed out flavor because the other stuff is not fading as quickly. Um, yeah, this is really good. I don't profanely dry hop finish. It sounds. I mean, it's a nice finish. It is. I guess to me, profanely dry hop. Anything that's a profane finish, I would kind of expect to be like a step up in flavor, like intensity. And this is not like more intense. It's a very dry hop finish. It has this slightly appleiness, fruitiness, um, and some more sweetness uh, coming through while the the roasted maltiness starts to gives way to a bit of an acridness. And, and those the, you think those things might fight, but they're paired really well together. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like it's still like here's the roasted main taste. It's fading away now. I can feel out this finish to me. That's not profanely anything. Then if it's like I'm in the back seat now that someone left the front seat, you can see me. <laughs> um, I so but this is me criticizing the the, the flavor text. Uh, I really like this. It's nice and um, it is a nice solid roast. If you want to have roasted malt but without any burnt flavors and you're not looking for like coffee or toffee or any extra sweetness um this has just enough like fruity sweetness to round it out but it is a very very roasted malty stout um the mm. one thing i will say is i immediately forgot it was seven percent mm. doesn't have that kind of level of body to it no i think maybe some of that sweetness is is um, the, the alcohol sweetness is going really well with the um, the that sort of fruity floral thing, mm. um, but uh, it's yeah, it's deceptive in that. Like I can tell now that I'm looking at it that the mouthfeel wise that it does have that thickness, that stuff that I think the last couple stouts I've had have been like closer to five, and I've complained that they have good taste, but they don't just because of the lower ABV they just can't 
have that viscosity. Mm-hmm. And this just has it, but I didn't even... I didn't. It, it just fits, like... This is how I think a stout should be, so I didn't notice it, because it's easier to notice the lack of that sort of viscosity, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's kind of what, in my head, a stout should have. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the only real indication that this is 7%. That's fair. Um, I, I'd, I'd probably say something similar about woodland creatures as well. You don't get very much over in the flavor to suggest it's that almost seven, that six point nine, but it is a little bit more in the in the body. Just that mm. slight, slight, um, full, not even fullness, not fuller element, but it does have that just extra heft, a little extra heft to it. Uh, in the body as well, um, and the, the flavors have been uh, coming out more, more and more. So I will definitely have something else to say about this uh, when we get towards the end of the episode. Uh, but now let's launch into our topic. And Adol, I will let you um, kind of lead on this because it's a, sure. a, a an article story that you kind of brought to us to talk about. Yeah. So I mean, it's generally just a basically the idea of video games transferring to the um, other entertainment arenas, namely uh, TV and film, which notoriously, and I think we might get into it, uh, has been more missed than hit for most of the time that things have been adapted. But um, we're starting to see uh, a shift. And so about a week ago, Amazon announced that they are... They signed a deal for with the same um, studio who co-produced the Sonic movie mm-hmm. um, to do Disco Elysium and Life is Strange TV shows. Mm. Um, so that would be on Prime TV. Um, and then just today or yesterday, we have Netflix's Cuphead cartoon coming out. Um and apparently Netflix is making a Far Cry, Assassin's Creed, Bioshock movies, shows, and a Bioshock movie, mm-hmm. and Amazon is chasing Mass Effect. These are all the facts. I figured I would just throw out all the series, and then we could we could talk sort of th- it through. Um, but th- that's like, these are that's a lot of things. And just a couple years ago, The Witcher seemed like a gamble. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I think it's The Witcher is a not an oddity. Um, but The Witcher is a bit of a different beast because it's come from the novels. And I think The Witcher TV show, whilst it doesn't follow the novels, it's more adapted from the novels than it is from the games. And again, the games adapted from the novels. You know, there is a previous set of source material there. With... And it's dense. Yeah, yeah. It's also, you know, swords and wigs. It's like... Yes, people have a better taste from Game of Thrones, but mm-hmm. I think The Witcher caught a lot of non-video game players looking for... Absolutely, but again, non-video game players who are familiar with like Game of Thrones, with Lord of the Rings, with stuff that has been in, again, the zeitgeist for the last 20 years in terms of big epic fantasy settings uh, and and kind of being a little bit familiar with the idea of swords and monsters and that kind of thing. Um, I can see very much how all of these games that have been mentioned, Mass Effect, uh, Life is Strange, 
fit within certain kind of categories. Disco Elysium, I'm a little bit more suspect about uh, kind of what could actually happen with that sort of thing. But it, it kind of feels like... Not that these sort of streaming services and production companies and things are done with like comic books, but they're at a point where they're kind of saying, well, we've kind of hit the popular things. What else is popular? Oh, mm. video games. Yeah, they're popular. What, what video games are popular? Um, and it'd be really interesting to see the, uh, uh kind of discussions that, that studios have had with like Square Enix. Um, you know, if, if Square Enix even control the potential rights to doing a Life is Strange anything other than games, um, or whether yeah. that would come back to, uh, who did it before? Was it Don't Nod? Who did Life is Strange originally? Mm. Um, who did it recently? I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember who made True Colors. Um, but, like some of these, like Life, Life is Strange as, as a TV show, I could absolutely see how easy that would be to adapt. You know, light in terms of its uh, kind of otherworldly and sort of more supernatural kind of elements um, fits within lots of other, let's say, more teeny aimed kind of shows, I guess, or early 20s kind of life, slice of life kind of dramas which have a little hint of sort of supernatural elements uh, to them. Yep, Mass Effect hits in there with all the sci-fi geeks, everyone who yeah. loves everything that's coming out that's sci-fi uh, um, at the moment. Disco Elysium, though. That's an odd... It's an odd pick. I love it, I mean, but yeah. it's an odd pick. I mean, I think all of them are... They just strike me as boomers finding out what was popular. What's a popular <laughs> franchise? Because, yeah, like, I'm sorry, yeah. Bioshock, I've just read a couple pieces in the past few weeks about how, like, boy, Bio, like, well, there was a piece this week, Bioshock Infinite's, um, I, can't, I don't know, remember where it was, but basically someone was commenting on how Bioshock Infinite's story has not aged well because it's got, mm. I mean, Bioshock has always had libertarian, sort of pro-fash bits, mm -hmm. but also in Infinite, like, the only person of color in the entire um, game is bad guy. Um, and, oh, like, you I... just wouldn't do that anymore. No, absolutely not. I, I can't even... I, that's not something that stuck with me through my yeah. playthrough at all, but... Uh, and, like, things like that, where it's like, I'm sorry, but, like, yes, it's... It was lauded at the time for its world building and storytelling, it, I don't think without agency in that world, I think it falls apart. Mm -hmm. uh, the world isn't like it's it's how you travel through the world and how you in, interact with it. If I watched someone else play Bioshock, any of the Bioshocks, it would not be the same as if I had to make those choices. If I had to go through that thing, even just the first person, even if like you watching a Let's Play still has you following the one path through but for a yep. tv show you don't really do that right like that seems like a really bad choice because it doesn't lend itself to the new medium i don't think but also it's it and mass effect i think are like what are you thinking like because they, they're just not around no one cares like i mean no True. some people do yep. but like this isn't uh 
super like people don't love Mass Effect's like world so much that they're champing at the bit for a TV show or a movie. I don't right. I don't think. Um, I, I mean, the, the Mass Effect kind of community is quite fervent, but I think for more games, right? Not for extra random bits for them to yeah, kind of get like, to. They want and to those play. Games have to be exactly what they want. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, there is a new uh, Mass Effect game in in development, yeah. but, you know, pre-production probably at the moment. Yeah, um, so, so maybe that's the goal is to co-release. But again, I think it's like, so wait, Mass Effect, it was lauded for what? Choice. Mm, what can't you do in a TV show? Yes, yeah, very much. And, you know, you can see maybe how Mass Effect could easily be thrown out as most sci-fi shows is to like an ensemble cast uh, rather than say Bioshock which follows a protagonist very very much uh, um, and whilst yeah, I yes, guess... you're playing as one character in kind of Bioshock there's a crew almost uh, um, of uh, yes sorry Mass Effect yeah um, to sort of uh, be able to play with that that's easy to sort of translate across and yeah that's true I, but the problem is that the Bioshock chat is more about revisiting. Um, it's probably more about revisiting like the first or second game, right? Uh, going yeah. back to Rapture, that sort of um, setting. I would assume. I would assume as well. Maybe Mass Effect would be looking at it being something to do with the original trilogy, rather than whatever they are going to produce next. Because who knows how well that's going to be received uh, and hit? Unlike the original trilogy, which everybody. Uh, um, enjoys. Um, wow! Well, everybody enjoys. Do you remember which, the end of lots three? Of people, which lots of people enjoy. The majority of um, it's. A, I think it, it's aged out of the con- controversy of mm. the end of three. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, and so it's. Um, I'm glad you brought up the Mass Effect um, sequel coming up because the timing on that needs to be perfect. I think because um, I know I'm jumping around. But um, I think that'd be okay. It's tanked up after all. Um, Netflix's Cuphead show came out, and like mm. they must option that real quick because cartoons take a long time to make. Yeah. Guess who care? Guess who doesn't care about Cuphead anymore? The internet. <laughs> like it. It made a huge splash. It was bullet helly. It was cute. It was novel. It, you know. It could run on the Switch reasonably well, despite being complicated and hard. So you could say you were a real gamer on the non-gamer console, blah, blah. All, all these things, right? You know, like, the, the look, I can play this game. You said, you know, I'm a, I only have a Switch. You know, all that stupid gamer bullshit, right? Uh, it just, if you are new to the show, I don't believe any of that nonsense. I'm saying this is this type of discourse that came out around mm-hmm. Um, And, okay, um... Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You, you, I think it came out on Game Pass or something for a while, and he had a bit, bit of a blip. But like, it did not stay in the discourse, nor should you expect it to, because mm-hmm. video games don't. Yeah. But when Netflix now says, "Hey, there's a Cuphead um, cartoon out," two things. Well, a few, a few things. One, um, no one cares about Cuphead anymore. Uh, two. Why people liked the art style was because it was a game that looked like a cartoon, and making a cartoon that looks like a cartoon isn't the same pull. Even if I'm like, even if I really like that art style, right? Mm-hmm. And so the third thing comes in, which is 
I better fucking love the world and narrative of Cuphead to want to watch a... Oh, wait, what? Yeah, completely, completely. And it's it, it's almost one of those uh, 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 kind of, you know, go back to the late 80s, early 90s, where cartoons were made to sell toys. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon made to sell Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, all, all thirty minute these... commercial, uh, twenty two minute commercials with to eight minutes of commercials. Yeah, completely, we we don't really have that anymore. At least it doesn't feel like we have that anymore. And yes, I can get the idea that yeah, but bash out a Cuphead. If if Cuphead two had been announced and was coming out in like six months time, yeah, put out I keep a that, keep, like put out a TV show. The... Yeah, yeah, absolutely for people to kind of go. Wow, this this really builds me into getting towards Cuphead too. This fills that little bit of a gap. It builds me back up to being excited about a game that's then going to come out in three months' time or something. As a random release, uh, yeah, weird, weird, like odd that that that's what's kind of come out in you know now uh, so far since its release. I mean, and compare that to, and I think it's because they just, I don't think they have a good sense, both companies, Amazon and Netflix are the two that, all the things we talked about were straight on those platforms, mm-hmm. basically. I don't have a, I don't think anyone at the top really understands the video games or the culture or what popularity is, because one thing that did work really well was the LOL show. Hmm. Um, League Arcane. of Legends show. Arcane, thank you. I was like, what is it called? I keep calling it LOL. Um, and, but for, that happened for a couple reasons. Uh, one, Riot, uh, was apparently really well, well involved with the art direction and stuff. And the, like, the show was not just like a pass the mass that's over, we'll hire a studio to make mm-hmm. it. They were well involved. And Riot's knows what, butters their bread so they like that this that show apparently was narratively very good i i know multiple people who have never played lol and like this might be one of my favorite new shows Mm -hmm. absolutely i really enjoyed it and and having played league of legends like maybe twice 10 years ago or maybe not quite 10 years ago but you know time yeah Uh, and the other thing is lol is literally a zeitgeist game there are it is so old and still mm. yeah sure we don't talk about it because we aren't lol players because it has its own giant community right cuphead doesn't have that yeah even far cry doesn't really have that which is one of the shows netflix's make far cry and assassin's creed apparently are going to be shows and bioshock was gonna be a movie it's like yes these are series that have growing pop like they might have the same amount of sales as, or like money or whatever as LOL, although LOL like makes tons of money by being a free game with cosmetics. Um, but like Far Cry is six plus very distinct settings without the same protagonist. Mm-hmm. So Assassin's Creed has failed. <laughs> like we know it's not great in, in film TV. Yes, they make a lot of money, but like they make money as video game franchises, and that doesn't mean that, that even if I like the narrative of Assassin's Creed, for example, which is, I think, more cohesive than Far Cry, doesn't mean I want to watch a show about it. Like, 
it's, I just it feels like it's just like well that makes a lot at least like oh Ubisoft has a lot like is like trolling for you know some some money in a different vector and someone mm-hmm. at Netflix got got hooped because yeah there might be a good um, Assassin's Creed uh, show out there but the that would have to be really well designed because you can't just crib the game. Completely, and also yeah. people don't play Assassin's Creed for just the plot because I think, or the plot and characterization because that's what you need those things to make a show or a movie because you're taking agency away. So, what what is the agency like scaffolded on? Mm-hmm. And with League of Legends, um, this is I I don't know if there's comics or stories or whatever, but this was actually like a, a way of like filling in the gaps that the game doesn't really fill in. Like, you could not know any of the relationships between these characters in LoL because of the type of game it is. Yep. That means LoL players have a, have an investment who are invested will want to see the story versus Assassin's Creed players who know the story don't want to just see the story. Mm-hmm. Like, the type of game matters, the type of fan base matters, and the fact that it's a franchise that is distinct games that are similar means that just it's just like i'm already bored with, like, like I've, i i every time i try and play in this like i didn't get into origins mm-hmm. as much as you did i played it a little after you and i think i was like oh, i see the novelty but uh, and then i i put it down um even then so the two eras roughly of assassin's creed i've never been like oh, yes, I must find out more of the story. Oh, I would really like to just watch the story unfold. Mm-hmm. That's not why I play an Assassin's Creed game. Absolutely. That's not why I play a Far Cry game. Yep. They need to, for all of these, apart from maybe Life is Strange, need to, yeah, do, I mean, something, that... need to do something very different. Um, it, it cannot just be, here is another story within the universe. Here is a retold story. Um, that we've already oh, yeah, kind okay, of, okay. you know, had had this thing that kind of almost like the Assassin's Creed movie tried to sort of do. Um, they need to do something different, as you say. Uh, Arcane fills a gap. Um, very much is aimed at people who love anime, people who love League of Legends, and want to know more about the world and some of the characters. Um, great, and, and pulled in lots of other people. Pulled me in. Um, from having conversations with Adam uh, about it. Um, I don't think any of these games that have been mentioned do that. There's 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 nothing. Who who are these aimed at? Is it aimed at, like, Kim doesn't play video games but watches stuff on Netflix? What would be aimed at her? Well, I can see that she absolutely would watch something Life is Strange related. You know, a little yeah. bit more drama-y, little bit of supernatural kind of powers sort of I was gonna say, lent into that. Yep, absolutely. Stranger Things, teen drama. Yep, completely. Yeah, get it. Completely. Perfect. Tons of, especially with the games also jumping between different characters and it not yeah. being Life is Strange 1, Life is Strange 2, Life is Strange 3, following the same character all the way through. Oh, yeah. That absolutely leads itself to... Um, Going across the TV, yeah, fine. Yeah, everything else is just weird. Yeah, uh, I mean, someone sold the Ezio trilogy of like, look, it's already three seasons. <laughs> uh, it, it feels just, 
I don't know, it definitely feels like a money grabby kind of situation, right? They they sort of like, right, we've exhausted the stories that we can get from these people. We've exhausted the stories that we can get with these people. And I know there's other, um, I can't remember who it was, but I definitely saw something pop up saying that someone is fronting up like X amount of millions for new storytellers to kind of like come forward with their pitches. They're very open to sort of new. I don't think it was one of the streaming people. It was the different mm. production company or something. Um, but very much like saying, you know, come to us with your pitches and we will see kind of like what we could do. We want as, as many original pitches as possible. And the easy thing is for people to lean into video games, right? And to go, cool, there's a world already built. There are stories already kind of done. We can just copy the Marvel thing and go, cool, let's adapt comic books, you know, five to ten and make it into a movie. Or make it into a TV show, you know that kind of thing, and and yeah, it feels I mean, like that kind of moment has been and gone, and and, and very much with Marvel, absolutely, um, you know, and even Marvel then delved into the world of kind of movies before they had the MCU with you know uh, like Edward Norton's Hulk, the first Iron Man sort of movie. You know, these kinds of Even things. Before which, that, yeah. yeah which, which, they struggled with and they struggled. it work. Yeah, absolutely. And it was only really then Iron Man which kind of hit and they went, oh, cool, there is something there. Yeah. Let's delve more into that. I mean, and but like this week, uh, Uncharted mm. starring Spider-Man mm. came out. Apparently it's not very good. No, but it's it, it seems to be doing okay. Like financially, yeah, but, I think, but yeah, I mean, there's a reason why they released another Tom Holland movie after uh, Spider-Man didn't make the Oscars, but did make a billion. Right. I mean, I can see Uncharted never making the Oscars as well. Um, yeah. But um, I mean, Sony be Sony, and you know they just want to capitalize on franchises or. Actors, essentially. So yes, put Tom Holland in as Nathan Drake. Seems a weird choice, considering like 10 years ago when the film was, when they suggested a film was going to happen and Mark Wahlberg was going to be Nate, and now he's Sully instead because so much time has passed. Yeah. Um, And also, but like he, what a weird cast. Like it's definitely a, we if we give you this role, will you like undo your option and so we can hire the young, Tom Holland is too young. Hmm. I, I agree, like, Marky Mark is too old for Nathan Drake right now, but Tom Holland is too young. Uh, but that's fine, because I haven't seen it, like, it's at, like, I think they're they're making it very clear that it's the beginning of his thievery, like, he's a petty thief at the beginning or something. It'd be, um, yeah, again, Uncharted has delved into sort of young Nate and Sully and their relationship and having not seen the film it would be interesting to see if it is and leans into the game lore or whether they have removed it completely and gone hey here's now a new origin sort of thing for these characters which is what I would think they've done rather than leaning into sort of the game lore and having to allow people or having to expect audiences to have some kind of prior knowledge of sort of who these characters are. I imagine they've just rebooted it, started again as a completely different movie to the um, to the games, which 
I can see again all of these other things these other franchises like Mass Effect sure make the main character and call them Shepard and kind of have yeah. similar-ish sort of stuff pull from the world but tell a different story fine that kind of gets people in right they want a new story mm-hmm. they want something else um it kind of feels like yeah we can have a soft reboot of the franchise or at least these characters told in a different medium rather than returning to them in game sort of form and that can keep evolving and stuff and obviously us as people who enjoy video games play a lot of them we want new stories right we want new experiences doesn't have to be with the same characters we like certain mechanics we like certain worlds that have kind of been built and want more things within that realm so sure, take those characters, throw them in movies, throw them in TV shows, do what you want with them. Absolutely. I mean, but we also have... Am I going to watch that? Probably not, unless I'm very invested in it. Is someone else who has no idea about yeah. this going to watch that? So, so yeah, I think this is the thing where it's like... I think, like, Sonic did really well, right? Um, and I've watched almost all of it, so not well enough for me to finish. <laughs> uh, but I was—it was a thing to put on while I tidied my room. Like it's—it's it's fine, right? Mm-hmm. And like, casting was really good. I think the controversy on the weird teeth made it better uh, be- because people were interested. And so when it came out, people we were like, "Oh, I kind of want to see what it looks like now. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it going to be a horror show?" And then the, enough people saw it. There's like, "Yeah, it's not bad, right?" It's also a kids' movie. This yeah. is the thing. Ultimately, it's got a fun-looking cartoon thing. It's friendly to kids and families, but it's also Sonic, so even, you know, like, I don't want to be, like, I don't want to be sexist, but like, people of our generation, when we were kids, more dudes played video games for longer. Mm -hmm. I say that because I think, uh, you have a system in your house, you're gonna play it, but like, um, so dad and and or mom, right, are going will remember Sonic and be like, yeah, I'll take the kids to that because at least I might have some nostalgia vibes with Sonic. And then you see it and you're like, this is not really Sonic except it's blue and Robotnik looks like Robotnik, but the rest is entirely different. Mm-hmm. But that's fine because really it's a kid's movie. It's like not meant to replicate, really. It's like nostalgia vibes that serve a purpose that we know is a sure thing that people will Yep. And, like, that's why, like, the Mario movie starring Chris Pratt will probably be fine in the sense of, like, money. Like, they will sell tickets because it'll be a family-friendly thing. And it's Nintendo, and that brand is super strong. But I think the key is it's a cartoon that a family will go to just or watch whatever, you know, however it comes out. Because you sometimes just need to do, take the family or watch a thing, right? But I'm in this day and age of streaming and shit. My Netflix paralysis is never going to put me on the Amazon Prime TV Bioshock show. Mm, mm. Right? Like, we're in that, unless it gets like amazing review, mm-hmm. unless it's like done in a really interesting way. But all these franchises we've mentioned are very much gamer franchise stuff. They're, yeah. they're like things that if you play video games, you know easily, right? But like, if you don't, you don't. Right? That's one of the reasons why Max Payne failed utterly both times it hit the box office, right? Because it's not a household name in the way that Mario and Sonic are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't have a consistent rabid following like League of Legends. But the problem there is, if you are a gamer, 
I don't think you want to watch a show about Bioshock or Far Far Cry. To me, is like, which one? What? Like the only consistency in Far Cry is you climb towers and then you try and slowly take down bases. Right? Yeah. That's that's Far Cry. There isn't a place, there isn't a person who who be Far Cry. Mm-hmm. So the only way for for a fan to feel like it's Far Cry is if you do the horrible things that we're all tired of Far Cry for. Yeah, and don't. it would be way worse to watch. Yep. Yep. And it's why video game movies have failed time and time again, <laughs> essentially. Hitman, Doom, you know, even more kind of... Oh no, Hitman's the one that too. Um, Max Payne had one. I'm in Britain. Oh yeah, yeah, Max Payne did have, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, uh, it's, it's kind of, I was, uh, it made me think about, uh, um, what was the, oh, bollocks, what's the show's name? It's gone from my mind. Oh, uh, Man in the High Castle. Mm. Right. A TV show which I watched maybe the first season of, maybe not even all of the first season. Uh, and then thought, oh, that's, that's a show that I should go back to. And Kim said, yep, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go back to that and try it. And I watched the first, we, we watched the first season again together. Mm-hmm. I think, sh- I think we started the second season together and I said, mm, I've lost a bit of interest. You carry on. And then I dipped back in and out of it, never really being that kind of interested. It didn't pull me away from kind of any other shows. It wasn't like, oh, Man in the High Castle's out. I have to go and kind of watch that. Mm. Um, but, you know, critically, I think it did reasonably. Um, I mean, it was Amazon's first, like, proper, well-reviewed prestige. Yeah, yeah. But it's never, you know, it's never been one of those where I'm like, yeah, cool. Let's definitely go and watch that. And there's tons of shows, tons of shows like this. And all of these game franchises make me feel exactly the same way as I felt about Man in the High Castle. Right, TV show comes out and I'll be like, Ugh, I'll watch a bit of it. And if I'm not feeling it, I'll drop it very, very quickly. Uh, I'm not going to stick around and just be like, right, I've started it now. I I should finish it out. Um, there's nothing really there. And, uh, the only reason I thought about Man in the High Castle was the whole... Uh, jumping between kind of like timeline sort of things. And we were talking about Bioshock Infinite and it, it, you know, Bioshock Infinite almost came across to me thinking, are they just going to make like man in the high castle slash quantum leap where Mm. you jump between different areas, different worlds, but they're all kind of connected and affect each other in various kinds of ways. You know, you know some information from one age, which one kind of uh, um, parallel universe or however Man in the High Castle kind of works. And that then can help you affect one of the other ones. You know, how would the next Bioshock game have worked out? Uh, uh, Ken Levine basically just told 2K to fuck off and essentially just made it so they could never make any more games by saying, oh, this is infinite and he can go wherever he wants now. Thanks, bye. Mm. Um But, you know, bringing it into a TV show, do they continue that? Or do they just retreat back to known quantity, very well critically acclaimed, you know, option number one of playing the first or second game as a TV show? And I'm not interested in any of it. Um, yeah. The, it, the only thing that interests me is the one that is the weirdest for me, which is Disco Elysium. How? Yeah. What? I want, Why? This is the one How, that what, really... What's that gonna be? What? I don't get it. What would they do well, so... with it? 
why do people like Disco Elysium? It's an RPG where you have to do a lot of nitty gritty talking. Yep. It is supremely well written, but lauded for how immersed as a character you are because you are doing your actions mean so much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, how would that possibly work? Unless they did one of the one Netflix's like experimental. Oh no, this is Amazon doing it though. But like the one, the weird choose your own your adventure show that they tried. Oh, the Black Mirror one that they did. Yeah, yeah. that season or whatever season, right? Uh, but but like, no, I mean, mm. but also like, then you just should play the game at that point. Like if you're trying to yeah. make a shitty FFB game, um, but like uh, so. It's. I'm so curious because it's such a bad fit for the medium, mm. but also the writers were very good. So it really depends on if the studio was actually going to be involved. But I don't even like. Yeah, it's the one that made me go, huh? Like, because Mass Effect, you could be like, okay, they're just going to make an expanse like kind of show, maybe with intrigue or something, you know, like. All the, all the universe stuff and all the big plot, high sci-fi plot elements. That, 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 that's been done in The Expanse, which is a really good show. Yeah, cool. I, okay, I can see Mass Effect, like you said, being an ensemble affair where you, you zoom away from Shepard and you make it less about Shepard doing the ultimate choice and everyone else just kind of being in the background. Yeah, that could work. I don't think I, I will watch it, but that could work. With Disco Elysium, it's like, How work can it? <laughs> Very much. And as um, you shared a PC Gamer uh, article on it, um, mm. written by bah, 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 Ted Litchfield from a few yeah. days ago, from about a week ago, um, they say, I raised an eyebrow at the prospect of Disco Elysium show airing on Prime TV for a host of reasons, but especially the fact that a militant labour dispute forms the backdrop mm. of the game's plot, and Amazon has a well-documented history of poor working conditions at its warehouses and suppressing union activity. I find it hard to imagine the vibe not being off with such a project. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Like, it's the most interesting, but I think the probably the one that's easiest to fail. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it, with I mean, I think I think at least it it in its very nature seems like a, such a well. I guess we've got to swing for the stars, right? Like, because how else could it possibly work? And mm. the other ones just seem like like I mean, I'm prejudiced against Ubisoft a bit, but it's like yeah, it's going to be real. Like you know that um, uh, Amazon show Jack Ryan. Where Jim from The Office plays Harrison Ford's character from Patriot Games. Yes, yes. And it's just like, um, and it's just like, I'm a spy. Spy show. Like, I assume Far Cry is going to be a, I'm a jungle spy <laughs> show. And Assassin's Creed is going to be like a, historical spy? I'm a historic spy. I'm a, I'm a Renaissance spy. Yeah. Mm. Like I am assuming these are going to be very rogue. 
uh, basically because the source material doesn't have anything. I mm-hmm. mean, except Assassin's Creed weird sci-fi genetic nonsense, which I am curious how they will deal with because, I mean, no one who plays Assassin's Creed pays attention to that part of the games, do they? Uh, I certainly don't. No. Yeah. Not that I've played an Assassin's Creed since Origins, but um, I, I don't know what they do yeah. with the real world stuff in the latest, no. in the latest ones. But yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, I mean, these are, these are all going to be made. Doesn't matter what we say about them; they're all going to be made. Oh yeah. So let's see what comes <laughs> out and what happens. And both yeah. both of us will probably dip in to say episode yeah, one of I, all I, of these things, maybe to, to dip honest, out I, quite quickly. But who knows? Yeah, I feel like all these weird adaptations, like I'm already exhausted of four because they seem like like you said kind of like ah, we're just trying to zeitgeist hit we're just trying to like do the thing use ip to, so we don't have to make something that builds its own audience mm-hmm. right we'll try and steal an audience from somewhere else it reminds me of how i feel about the mcu right now hmm. like at the beginning of last year pumped wandavision loki we both like we yep. we had a podcast um that we talked about these things in um the very not so weekly geek out weekly um and uh and now i realized that like what if i was really pumped for because i loved the what if comics growing up i thought they were great the cartoon i've got a soft spot for that medium apparently that's done it's outdone like there's like Mm -hmm. uh all nine episodes happened uh and there's going to be nine more in this year maybe i guess but also, Hawkeye came out. Didn't watch a single episode. Mm-hmm. I'm two Spider Mans behind now because I still haven't seen the one in England or wherever they go. Oh, the Mysterio yeah, one. Yeah, a few a few places in Europe. We, we Kim and I watched it over the kind of winter holiday break. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, let alone the billion dollar one. Mm. And I thought like all the hype on that. I was like, oh, I should really watch the other one. Never, still nothing. Like, and I think it's because. They they do have a slump in the sa- in that sameness in that like it feels like you're just like that's the reason I'm really excited for Doctor Strange because it seems to at least be poking the status quo it seems to be at least doing something different yeah and I don't know if Far From Home is as is samey but everything else for a while has been like okay so this is Marvel movie we kind of know what's going to happen in the third act right away we know kind of what kind of spectacle i saw i watched uh shang chi uh on the airplane back from canada and it was the same thing it was like i like this but also it is the same sort of cgi swarm like a bunch of cgi blobs attack the good guys uh and somehow the main good guy and the main bad guy will be separated from them so they can have a cgi fight that doesn't include all that big blobs. that happens in marvel movies and it's, I am done with that. <laughs> like, that's one part of the skeleton that's very, like, it's it's just, I don't need to do that. Like, Yeah, I, I think it's why lots of people really enjoyed the Netflix Marvel shows. When yeah, they, came out. they were, you know, Jessica Jones too much... was doing something different. You know, it wasn't yeah. always big fights and, and that sort of stuff. You know, there's a lot of character building in those shows. Um, we'll see how it all plays out with all of these things there's so many so many different stories franchises that you can translate into other mediums 
Um, so we'll see how these ones go, and, and uh, essentially if then the games industry is then just absolutely ransacked for stories and franchises and things it will probably rely on these first few to see how much want there is for this before it gets absolutely crazy uh, but yeah that's all to come that's years away yeah so we'll see what happens uh, I, I do have to say that uh, I um I have found out from a different article mm-hmm. that Jake Gyllenhaal and Jessica Chastain have were announced uh, as leads in the division. <laughs> of course, they were. Oh no! Oh no! Jessica Chastain. I like Jessica Chastain. Yeah. Don't no, Don't do that. Tom Clancy's uh, ghost is now being absolutely pillaged for things. I would imagine. So at least we'll get the division. We'll get Ghost Recon. Uh, split. We'll probably have a Splinter Cell movie before we have a game. I would imagine. Um, it's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> no, don't. It's don't. also on this late. Is it really? I'm pretty sure I saw that on this article. Yeah, Splinter Cell, but it's TBA. They've got a script, mm. but it hasn't. It hasn't. It's been stuck for years. Yeah, I'd imagine years. they've had a script for the last 15 years, probably for Splinter Cell. Um, let's finish there for this week um, for this topic episode. Um, let us know what you think about all of these potential games coming to the same screen in a slightly different format um, at Tanktopcast on the socials or go to outoflives.net um, to find the post for this podcast episode and comment on there or click on the little link in that um, website post which will take you to Discord. And you can come and chat to us all the time about this in our little growing community. Uh, I'm at Nova underscore 47 or what you're pointing at. I was saying, or don't, you can always comment on the YouTube video with your thoughts on what you'd like to see adapted or whether you think we're out to lunch and actually Bioshock Infinite is the best idea for a show next to... Disco Elysium. <laughs> <laughs> or you can do that live as we're having the conversation if you come over to the Out of Lives Network over on Twitch on a Wednesday evening and catch us whilst we're recording this live. Um, I'm at Nova underscore 47. Adel is at the Omniarch. Perfect. Uh, that's the places that we exist. Let's just finish on our beers for a minute. Um, mm. The Woodland Creatures, it did open up more as I drank it, but not... Much more. A little bit more. Um, I got a little bit more of that honeycomb, but it folded into that lactosey sort of sweetness, that, that roasted coffee with a little bit of cream kind of mm. sweetness, um, without doing too much. And I think the pistachio got a little bit lost in the flavor. And I wonder if that comes from it being 6.9% rather than, uh, the king of the woodland beer, which I think is about 12. Uh, yeah, eleven it's a, point it's a high, yeah. It's a it's a bigger beer, and I would imagine that that flavour would be much much bigger, punchier, and you'd get a little bit more of everything in there. Um, so, 
it's a stout that I would absolutely drink again. No doubt about that. But it didn't do anything new or a huge amount to sort of keep me interested in it. You know, I wasn't going back mm. to the beer to be like, hmm, ooh, this is a lovely flavour that I got from it. It was more like, yeah, cool, this is fine. I'll have another sip. So yeah, that's it from the woodland creatures, unfortunately. Um what about the profanity? Profanity stout. Um it opened up a little more. Um so getting used to that very roasted taste. Um interestingly, by the end I was getting the acridity of a more burnt sort of taste mm-hmm. that I wasn't at the beginning. Um which is good cuz it just it helped uh, it gives it a bit more of a finish because that it only comes in at the end. But unfortunately, when I started the beer, I was like, oh, it's kind of got a weak finish, but it does give a bit of a moment for that sweetness, that sort of light, very light, fruity, apple florally sort of melange. Um, but now that that acridity is lasting longer through the finish, it's really masking that. And so mm. I, I'm, I'm, if it was just this taste the whole way through, I'd be like, ah, oh, this is a solid, roasted, slightly burnt um, stout. Great. But because it had sort of more flavors that are now getting lost, I, I'm i a little disappointed, even though if I had, I really liked how it tasted the first half, and I like how it tasted in the second half, but the fact that it's moved from sort of a more dynamic, more layered taste a more straightforward one that feels like it's taking those tastes away because of just the ordering of them. Mm-hmm. Like if it started kind of accurate and then faded into sort of, oh yeah, there's something else there, I'd be like, this is amazing. Instead, it's like, ah, oh, I wish you didn't take away the lightness with this acridity. And I think if it, if it wasn't for the fact that it was, like I said, more burnt taste, which is like fine as a finish, but actually I was commenting on how it was roasted but not burnt in the beginning. And so I feel like the thing that's come out is the thing that I didn't want and the thing that I liked it for not having. So yeah. a little bit disappointing, but don't get me wrong. It's really, it's still a really tasty beer. Good. Okay. Nice. Nice. So that's it for us this week. That's been the beers. They've been the game slash TV slash movie franchises that we'd like to talk about for this week. As we say, go to outoflies.net to be able to talk to us about everything and comments Join us in the Discord and do all of the joyous things that you can do on one website which posts various things. Hooray. Thanks for joining us. We will catch you next week. Bye. Bye. www.outoflives.net